good to see everybody. Everybody happy today? Yeah. I'm pretty happy. Uh, Dora and I got to run up to Colorado for a little bit. We saw some elk and deer and antelope and uh, bighorn sheep and just about everything that was up there, we saw it and uh, caught a bunch of them fish in them little streams. And and uh, this this past week, everybody I talked to, it, it seems like I just kind of started preaching a little bit to him, and I said, I apologize, I haven't been, been able to preach for a week, and I, I'm just, I, so y'all are going to get it all <laughs> this morning, y'all going to get, uh, I'm going to unload the shotgun on you, and uh, thanks for being here, what a privilege it is to worship Jesus, and to, yeah, I'm telling you, it's a privilege to come to church. And to worship Jesus and to, 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 have a, to live in a country with all the problems we have, we still get to come and worship Jesus. And it's a, it's a privilege to do that. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, by the way, early voting starts next Monday. And I'm going to tell you to vote for it now. Vote for the most moral person running. I mean, the one that, that upholds the standards for life and, and brings life and, and somebody that knows how to balance a budget. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that's, like, smart. <laughs> Intelligent. Uh, uh, somebody that honors our, our motto, in God we trust. Uh, somebody that's faithful to... Uh, I know I'm asking a lot here, but sometimes you just got to do the best of the two. Amen. Amen. I'm not really afraid of, of, of our government taking away our nonprofit status because I believe Christians are going to pay their tithe whether we can give them a tax deduction or not. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> because I think they try to hold that over your head, you know. Well, you can't say this and you can't say that. Well, bull corn, we're, we're Americans. We can say whatever we want to say. <laughs> I mean, it's going to try to be in control <laughs> and not controlling like they are. <laughs> so this really just leads into the title of my message this morning. The title of my message is Wisdom, Who Needs It? <laughs> Wisdom, Who Needs It? My goodness, I'm going to raise both hands. I need, I need all the wisdom I can get. But there's two different kinds of wisdom. There's God's wisdom, and then there's the wisdom of the world. And if we're not careful, we will dilute God's wisdom with the wisdom of the world. And anything that is diluted is not pure. So we, we have to be careful, and that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, is to keep your, or this morning, is keep your wisdom pure and holy and undefiled before God, because the greatest and most valuable thing that you could ever have is wisdom. It's not a new pickup, a new horse, or a car, or a new house. It's not anything that this world has to offer. You are investing this morning. Make no mistake. You're making an investment. Everybody watching online, you're taking time out to watch and to learn and to get more wisdom from God because the greatest gift that you can give yourself is wisdom, and that's what God wants to give to you generously. There was a... There's an old guy, he's about 70 years old, and he was, 
he was uh, fishing. He loved to fish. He was out, out there fishing. He heard this voice. He was in the boat all by himself. He heard this voice, and the, the voice said, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. And he looked around. There wasn't nobody there. He looked in the water, and there was a frog in the water. All of them, pick me up. The old guy picks, picks the frog up, looks at him, and the frog says, if you kiss me, I'll turn into the most beautiful woman in all the world, and I'll stay with you for the rest of your life. The old man looked at the frog. He opened his finger, and he put that frog in his pocket, and the frog says, hey, didn't you hear me? I said, if you'll kiss me, I'll turn into the most beautiful woman you ever seen in your life, and I'll stay with you for the rest of your life. The old man looked down at the frog. He said, I'd rather have a talking frog. <laughs> Listen, wisdom will tell you what good choice to make. Y'all with me? Sometimes the world would make you want to take some other choices here. Sometimes it's more entertaining just to get the frog. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of James. I want to talk to you about wisdom in this brief time we have. And, and I just, oh, let's just pray. Because honestly, this stuff isn't going to work unless we really have God's anointing on it. So let's pray and ask God. Lord, we just, uh, we, we clear our hearts and our minds. And we pray, oh God, that you would, uh, in this brief time that we have together right now, that you would uh, infiltrate the way we think and May we have the innovation of your wisdom and the revelation of your wisdom into our lives so that when we walk out of these doors that, that something will click inside of us and we will value your wisdom more than anything in the whole world. Lord, help us, Lord, to reevaluate our value system. In Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 3, if you would, talks about it. You know where true wisdom comes from, right? I mean, we all know that, that, that true wisdom comes from God. So what it says, it says, if, everybody say if. Yeah. Big word, means a lot. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. If you're wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living honorable lives, being honorable and honoring and honoring of God. If you're, if you're wise, it'll come out. By living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. The humility means that we, we humble ourselves before God and we humble ourselves before man, and we are teachable people because we're humble people. We want what God wants for us, and we weigh out the truth and the wisdom that God has for us. So it says, it says with humility that comes from wisdom, doing good works. We got to do our part. But if, everybody say if, if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, Oh, goodness, that's something we all have to work at, isn't it? Selfish ambition. Y'all don't look so holy on me out there. 
Yeah, look, I'm... Selfish ambition, these are things that we've got to work out. And, and, and if for, for those of you who may already think you got all this figured out, this sermon's really just for you. It's just for you. If you are jealous, selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy, being jealous of other people, and selfishness, selfishness, what I want from me, this is what I want, I want, are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever, wherever there is jealousy, selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every kind of evil. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. Everybody say pure. It is also peace loving. It is gentle sometimes, at all times. I don't know if it's up there or not. Y'all smart though. It's gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full, filled up, full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. The fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness, right standing with God. These things bring right standing with God because God loves it whenever we are filled with wisdom. John Wayne, John Wayne made this statement. Life is hard. It's harder when you're stupid. <laughs> the Duke. Life is hard. How many knows it's harder? It's a lot harder. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I could stay here and preach all day about the stupid things I've done. I should write a book. Anybody with me? It's just like, I'm like, I'm not always smarter than that. Nope, you're not. <laughs> stupid. And life gets hard when you're stupid, and it's harder when you're really stupid. So I'd like to flip that statement around and say something positive. Life is hard, but it's easier when you have God's wisdom. Life is hard. But it's easier when we have God's wisdom. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In James 1, 5, he puts it this way. He says, if you need wisdom, <laughs> you right? You all with me so far? If you need wisdom, like who doesn't need wisdom? That's the reason I named the sermon wisdom. Who needs it? It says, if you need wisdom, Ask our generous God. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? It says, if you need wisdom, ask the generous God. Mm. 
and he will give it to you and he will not rebuke you for asking. Don't be intimidated by asking God for wisdom. Don't have so much pride that you won't ask God for wisdom. Don't think that you already know everything you need to know and not ask God for wisdom. If you need wisdom, there's somebody. His name is Jesus and he'll give you the wisdom that you need and he will give it to you generously. I love that. The hardest part, I, just, I, don't, I don't really need hands here, but ask yourself the question. When was the last time that you intentionally and actually asked God for wisdom? When's the last time? Because sometimes it's the hardest thing because we get busy in life and we get to thinking, well, I got this. Things are going my way now and everything's all right. Just because things may be going your way doesn't mean that it can't get better. Ask. Because sometimes as we get through going through life, sometimes we, we put our faith in ourselves and our own abilities, which is, it's not a bad thing to have confidence in your abilities. I think it's a great thing. But we also have to acknowledge where those abilities and where those gifts come from and ask God who gives liberally. And you, we can always do and be better with the more information we have and apply wisdom to that information. We must understand that knowledge and wisdom are not the same. Knowledge refers to an accumulation of facts. R.T. Kendall, I'm reading a book about wisdom by R.T. Kendall. And what he said, he says, all people have intelligence. Very few people have intellect. It's kind of like what I'm talking about is, is like it's one thing to have information and to have knowledge, but it's a whole new thing to be able to apply that knowledge. You can be the smartest person in the world and not be able to tie your shoes. There's a lot of people that think that they have the ability to change the climate. <laughs> you think about it. Did you make the climate? Did you create the world? No, you didn't create. You really think. Now, now, see what got man in trouble in the first place with Adam and Eve. They thought that they could be God. I'm not saying we don't have to take care of our, what God's given us and be stewards over. I'm not saying that. But let's not get stupid and jump into the world's theories of what, what and, and, and produce. Because the world wants to put controversy in you and the world wants you to be so fearful that you depend on those in authority in the government so that they can, they can run you. I'm telling you, wisdom says God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth and God made the earth. God said there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to destroy the world, the earth anyway and bring a brand new earth because this earth has been contaminated. But if we're not careful and we don't know the word of God, I'll go, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Where's my mask? I'm scared. <laughs> now, I'm not getting after people that wear masks because sometimes you, the, it needs to happen. But I, please hear my heart here. Please hear my heart. 
This world wants you to live in fear. And the news wants to stir you up. God wants to bring peace to you. He wants to bring life to you. He wants to bring wisdom to your life. And it's not the kind of wisdom that the world gives. It's the kind of wisdom that God gives. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house or many mansions, if it were so, I would have told you I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make a place for you. I have a place for you. Don't be in turmoil or live your life in fear because fearful people will never be dependable people. Right. I've had horses that they are full of fear because they had a troubled childhood from a trainer that put fear in them. But the problem is, you can't trust a horse that's full of fear. And my Bible tells me that perfect love casts out all. So God brings the fear out of us, and then he wants to put the wisdom in us to know how to navigate. The world can't tell you how to navigate. Only God can tell you, and that's the reason we got to go vote is because this world is in trouble because they've bought into the lie that they can run things, that they're God, and they can just do whatever they want to do, but God is still in charge. Ultimately, he has the answer for everything because the truth will always be the truth. No matter who believes it, the truth will set you free. It's easier. Life is easier when we have God's wisdom. Anyone can gain knowledge, but only God can give you wisdom. There's seven marks of wisdom. I want to run through these pretty quick, and then I'm going to try to put a bow on this. James 3.17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, first of all, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere, peacemakers who sow peace and raise a harvest of righteousness. So I want to talk about these seven pillars of wisdom. The first one is, the, is that wisdom is pure. Wisdom that comes from heaven, from God, is pure. Uh, pure means to be free from moral stain. What that means is that our wisdom is not diluted. And I just invite you, if you want to, to write some of these down because you may not remember them. You can put it in your notes in your phone or if you bought tablet. I just encourage you to take notes on some of this or you could go back and listen to it again. But the wisdom that is pure is not diluted. And that's the way that it, we got all these different religions is because every, every false religion in the world today has a little bit of God's truth in it so that people will buy into it. If there's not any truth at all in it, people aren't going to be sucked into it. So there are, there's always a little bit of truth in every religion, but be, just because there's a little bit of truth doesn't mean that it is the true religion because I would just submit to you that you can have a pure glass of water, but you put a little bit of strychnine in there, it's going to mess up the whole glass and you're not going to drink it, right? So don't drink the Kool-Aid of the world that dilutes the truth of God. You might want to write that down. So let me illustrate this this way. 
when 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 we when we put cattle in in the trailer, the cattle do what they do naturally, they poop in the trailer. And, and when you spray the trailer out, you always get back spray on the trailer, uh, on the floor. And you may think that you got it all cleaned out and you clean it off. Anybody that's ever cleaned out a cattle trailer, you'll know that it, it, you think it's clean, but you look back and there's a whole lot more poop left. And it's spray again, you go back again, go back again, spray it out. And then if you're not careful, well, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're careful or not, it's still gonna get on you. Y'all with me? <laughs> it's just going to get on you. There's nothing you can do about it. So we live in a, in a fallen world, and I would just, in the most humble way, I want to say this, that, that poop from the world is going to get on you. Just because you live there. I live there. And there's a lot of distractions from the truth and from the wisdom of God. But he said, he said, first of all, wisdom is pure. And if, if you, if we are not careful, we will grow weary in doing good. And we will say, I just can't go back. It just keeps layer after layer. Anybody ever get, don't raise your hand. Do you ever get tired of you, you ask God to help you, and he helps you, and then you go back, and you're like, oh, I, I messed up again. I did this wrong. I did this wrong. Let me just say this to you. Please, 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 please listen to me. Everybody needs to hear this. Don't stop going back, and don't give up, and persevere through everything. I know the world's poop's going to get on you, but you can get through it, but don't ever turn that power washer off. You stay after it. It's worth it. Wisdom, it says in, in Matthew 5, 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And this is, this is a guarding of the heart deal. And, and you're the only one, your, 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 your wife or your husband or your, your mom or your daddy can't do this for you. You have to guard your own heart personally. You have to be the one that says, I'm not going to let this bitterness get in my heart. I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to participate in the strife. I'm not going to participate in the things that separate me from God. And I don't want to let, let the world's things get on me. And, and so it says, it says, blessed are the pure in heart. Guard your heart with all diligence for you will see God. Beautiful. Second, wisdom is peace-loving. Wisdom that comes from heaven loves peace. Did you know that some people just don't want to get along? Some people just like, they would rather fight than talk. They'd rather yell than listen. They never give an inch because they're always right. At least they think they are. They aren't concerned about finding a middle ground because it's my way or the highway. Peace breakers, not really peace 
makers. The Greek word translated peaceable speaks to our attitude in times of conflict. I would just submit to you that, like, like I'm looking at everybody out here and everybody online. I think we're all doing really good living for Jesus like that. Like, everybody here, y'all just look holy. I mean, like, really holy. Y'all just, like, real peaceable. I mean, you're like, This is talking, it's not talking about like when you're in church, when it's easy. It's talking about during stressful times. It's talking about like when you're going through the, 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 the difficult times of life. We all go through those times when it's just hard and it's difficult. He's saying to have peace in the middle of, of all of the stressful times, in the time of the difficult times, when other people are hollering, when you're in the middle of, of difficult, uh, controversial times. It says you can always test your peace by how you act in times of stress. A peace-loving person brings peace with them when they enter into the room. <laughs> when you walk into the room, what do the people in the room do? Do they all get up and leave? <laughs> when you walk into the room, does the dog run? You see, a heart of peace, in Proverbs 14, 30, it says, a heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones because you're never content with what God has made for you. Made Your godliness, you're not content with God. And so what it says, envy rots the bones because you always want what somebody else wants. Man, I wish I could, I wish I could, be like that person. I wish I was popular. I wish I had that many friends. Or I wish I had that half. I wish I... When we envy, it rots our bones. Be content. First Timothy 6, 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great gain. Be content with what you have. Then... If you're, when you're content with what you have, then God can bless you with more. But God, he's not ever going to bless you with more until you're content with what you have. You say, well, I'm getting blessed anyway. I'm not very godly. Well, it's probably not from God's wisdom that you're getting your stuff. The third point, wisdom is gentle. Wisdom that comes from heaven is considerate of others. It is gentle. I've got a horse at the house that is a worrying horse. He just worries too much. Walks up down the fence line when the other horses leave. <laughs> he wants to be with them, you know. And he's just like, he just never, yeah, I mean, it's like, he's a great horse, but he's got problems. <laughs> and I got another horse. He don't worry about nothing. He is quiet. I walk in. That horse, that, the worrying horse, I, I got to go catch him. He's not real easy to catch. He's, he just, he's always, thinks that everybody's out to get him, you know, he's just like. Then I got a horse, I walk out there, he just walks up to me, puts his head in me. So my granddaughter, she wants to go for a ride in the pasture. Which horse do you think I put her on? Wisdom is gentle. I'm telling you guys, see, we want to be good witnesses for Jesus, but first of all, we got to be pure, we got to be holy, we got to be gentle. If, if people don't want to be around us, Chances are real good we're not going to win anybody to the Lord because we're miserable people. 
We got to like life and enjoy life and have the wisdom of God. Amen. That's good preaching. That's good. That's good stuff. So wisdom, it means to be gentle, non-combative, not quarrelsome, not easily annoyed. Not quarrelsome. Don't raise your hand, but do you look for a fight? Are you always, do you get annoyed pretty easy whenever you feel like you're getting attacked when somebody says something to you and you just, you start fighting with them? Yeah. Be gentle. Think before you speak and listen before you speak because God gave you two ears and one mouth. Somebody put it this way. He said, if you lose your cool, you can't win. And if you keep your cool, you can't lose. Keep your cool. We need this kind of wisdom when traffic backs up on the freeway. When someone cuts you off in traffic, when somebody cuts in line at the supermarket, someone starts yelling at you. Matthew Arnold put it this way. He says this quality is sweet reasonableness. Sweet reasonable. Just be sweet and reasonable. We need it when dealing with difficult people. We need it when dealing with Christians who sin and friends who disappoint us. We desperately need it when we have trouble with rebellious children. If we got what we deserved, if any of us got what we deserved, we'd all wind up in hell. I like what Psalm 103.10 says. It says, he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Aren't you thankful for God's wisdom and for God's mercy and for God's purity. And because he has these attributes, he's going to give them to us. Say, say thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. So the fourth one is the wisdom is persuadable. Now, I know this sermon isn't really a shouting sermon for anybody. And I, I get that. You know, you're, like, you're kind of pondering and thinking about it. But when we say wisdom is persuadable, we have to be careful that we don't back out with our, our thinking on, the, on this and uh, take a little trip in our mind about what we're going to do after church. Stay with me, okay? Wisdom that comes from heaven is submissive. Everybody say submissive. This may be one of the hardest ones because I believe pride and arrogance and... I know what I got. It's, sometimes it's hard to be persuadable when, when we think we got it figured out. This quality may be easier to see if we flip it around. Earthly wisdom is arrogant and stubborn. Y'all with me? It refuses to listen and has no desire to hear anyone else's opinion. A man like this dominates every discussion and uses sarcasm to put down others and demands to be the center of attention as he enters the room. A man like this dominates every discussion. Uh, he attacks anyone who attacks him. I know what you're thinking. You think, I know somebody like that. Because he masks, a, a, what he has really is a fragile ego 
with a terrible temper. He is the master of the put-down and the king of the clever one-liners. The Greek word means easy to persuade a person with this quality listens carefully because they want to know the truth and they want to learn the truth, but we'll never know the truth and we'll never learn the truth until we really value the truth. And honestly, we look at a lot of people and we say, that person can't tell me anything. That, I'm not going to listen to that. Or if a little child wants to say something, let me tell you something, we can learn a lot from little kids. Anybody, anybody, everybody say anybody, anybody. and everybody can teach us something. Sometimes they teach us what not to do. Sometimes they teach us what to do, but we can always learn from anybody. Wisdom says, listen. One of the greatest gifts that you can give to yourself is the gift of listening. I have to really work at that because I'm a talking man. You all with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, listen, don't mistake this being persuadable. Don't mistake this by being a pushover. I'm not talking about just, oh, just got to be a pushover. Let her. It's not talking about not having conviction. A persuadable person holds deep convictions with, without feelings they need to parade them or constantly argue about them. We listen to others that we disagree with because almost everyone has something to teach us because we really don't know everything. Number five, the wisdom is merciful. Wisdom that comes down from heaven is full of mercy and good fruit. We, we often in, in Christian circles, uh, we're real good at blaming other people for their problems and uh, sometimes blaming other people for our problems. It sure makes a difference, though. I am a lot more, I give a lot more mercy to people that are walking through a problem that I have walked through. When I've had a problem and God gave me mercy, it's a lot easier for me to give mercy to other people. But if I have not, if I have not experienced their problem, I don't really completely understand that problem. And if I'm not careful, I will judge them. Now, don't you be looking at me so holy out there. The Christian world is, this is sad to say, but... <laughs> Too many times we get familiar with one another and we begin to judge one another when we don't really understand or don't even want to understand what that particular person is going through. When you've walked a mile in their shoes, it's a lot easier to have mercy on them. And if we're not careful, and this is, this is what I want to say, and I, I know that this is, it just needs to be said. 
that church people can be the worst people in the world about judging people. I mean judging people well and pointing. And the reason it happens is because we've not ever gone through that. We don't have those issues. We don't have those problems. And we're like, oh, I can't believe you. I can't believe anybody have a problem. Why don't you just listen? Jesus said this. He said, the way, the same way that you judge other people will be the same way that God judges you. You better be careful. I better be careful how I judge other people. Amen? Mercy. Anybody want mercy? So if you want mercy, what are you going to have to do? Thank you. You're going to have to give mercy because when you sow the seed of mercy, you reap the seed of mercy and you reap the seed and the harvest of righteousness and right standing with God. God's not going to put up with people who look around judging people and gossiping about people. God's not going to put up with it. He don't like it. I don't like it. You don't like it. So we all just need to stop it. The Hebrew word for mercy actually means lovely or beautiful. It's interesting, isn't it? That the Hebrew, like in the Hebrew word, there's a lot more words in the Hebrew and the Greek language than there is in the English language. But the Hebrew word for mercy actually means to be lovely or beautiful. In other words, when we show mercy and we are merciful, full, y'all with me? Full of mercy. What that makes us, it makes us lovely and beautiful. I think that's great. Because it takes away envy, it takes away strife, and all of a sudden, when we are full of mercy, people are attracted to us. They want to be around us. Because if, if we're like, oh, hey, I understand. Let me, let me, you know, you need a hug. You know, I mean, just, we're just full of mercy. I'm going to go home mercy makes you beautiful but not just a man mercy makes you lovely and beautiful to God more importantly that's good number six wisdom is impartial impartial uh, the Greek for impartial is holding firm to the same standard at all times <laughs> oh goodness when, uh, when Caleb was a little boy he's in a t-ball he, he is on a t-ball team, and I was helping the coach coach the t-ball, and the referee didn't show up, and they asked me if I'd be the referee of the game. Yeah, you've been there. Some of y'all been in t-ball games. It's worse than the Astros. <laughs> and so I knew that going into it, and I didn't, I didn't want I don't like to flag the ropes. I don't like to be a referee because it just, it, it can stir up strife. But I told him at the very beginning, I said, listen, I don't know all the rules to the T-ball. But I'm going to tell you something. If I start this game refereeing, I'm going to finish it. And you coaches, both y'all got to be good with it, no matter what. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're good, we're good. Well, something controversial come up, and I didn't know the answer, and I, I figured it out. But the one on the other side, he's like, 
I think we get, need to get a new referee. And I looked him in the face and I said, you agreed to let me finish this game and I'm going to finish it no matter what. God's going to finish this. You don't, don't be afraid. God's got this. And he's going to finish and he's going to finish. Strong. A lot of people like to take God out of the context. They think that they can be God. But let me tell you something. God is going to finish what he started. And he's going to be impartial. And he calls us to be impartial. The last thing of wisdom is that wisdom is sincere. Wisdom, heavenly wisdom from God is sincere. The Greek word here means without hypocrisy. It originally, originally meant not playing a part. In the old, in the old ancient Greek plays, the actor would wear a mask while pretending to be somebody else. One actor would play several parts in the play by putting on different masks. In other words, on Friday night, They would put, put on a different mask. You get out with the boys, put on a different mask. Get out with the, with the girls, uh, and you got to get a little gossip in there, put on a different mask. Come to Sunday morning church, put on a different mask. Being sincere is being convicted about the truth of God and understanding that we've got to be the same whether it's Friday night or Sunday morning, but be sincere with our worship of God and be the same because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever so that we can be the same yesterday, today, and forever, but, but to keep growing in, in Him. Be sincere. Now, let me tell you something. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. <laughs> I know a lot of people are very sincere about a lot of things. They're running for office. Sincerely wrong. The only way that we'll know that we're right is when we know what the Word of God says and then we have that wisdom in us and then we portray these, this wisdom of being full of mercy, being pure and, and, and inviting God's wisdom into our lives because we'll never know God until we know His Word and we will never have wisdom until we apply that Word to our life. Boom. Winners in life. Listen to this. I'm going to close with this. Winners in life are the ones who have the most information about something. Winners in life are the ones who have the most information about something and know how to apply it. have the most, the, the winners in life. Basically, what you're saying, like in my world, if somebody's buying a roping horse and the guy just started roping, he doesn't know what a good roping horse is. The guy can tell him that this is a good roping horse. He's like, well, okay, and then he buys a horse, he takes him home, and he's no good. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. And then there's the, there's the, uh, the doctor at the hospital. Well, you got this problem, this problem, this problem. Here, buy all this stuff that I made. And so I mean, because he has more information. 
It's like the, your, your car mechanic. Well, you got lifter problems. You got this problem. You need this done, this done, this done. And you're like, well, I don't know anything about that. Well, I do. And you need this. Well, okay, here's my money. The more information you have, y'all stay with me now. I'm telling you, I'm telling you things that's going to give you life. The more information you have about anything in life, if you're running a business, if you've got more information about it, you have the upper hand. And that's wisdom. But I, this morning, I'm not talking about horses or mechanics. I'm talking about you and your eternal well-being and the wisdom that God has for you today because the more information you have, and that's why the reason God says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, to rightly divide the word of truth, to know what God says, but it's not enough just to know the word of God. We must know how to apply that word and to be able to live and breathe and work and walk in that word as we go through life because there will be life to you, whether it's physically, financially, emotionally, uh, spiritually, whatever it is, God's going to help you, and it all stems from having more wisdom. Solomon put it this way, the smartest man in the world, so that's what they say. He put it this way. He said, in all your getting, get wisdom. He says, there's a lot of things out there. He says, it's not good. He says, I've had it all. I've done everything. Done everything there is to do. But he said, wisdom. That's the deal. And what we prayed before we started this sermon, what wisdom does, it brings the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Anybody want some of that? Love, joy, peace. Want some of that? Long-suffering? Oh, I don't want that. Yeah, it's good for you too. Sometimes you learn more through long-suffering than you do when it goes your way. Sometimes the hard times teach you more than the good times. Generally, that's the way it happens. Gentleness. Don't be a worry wart. I go hot rod. That's my horse's name. Gentle. Be, a gentle. be gentle. Meekness. The word meek means power under control. Yeah, we got power, but is it under God's control? Gentleness, meekness, temperance. Don't lose your temper. Be temperate. The fruit and the joy of the Spirit. And it's the fruit of righteousness and what it is, it's it it we we walk into this place of being in right standing with God. That's what the word righteousness means. His righteousness. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but it's because of his mercy. There's that word again, y'all with me? Because of his mercy, we are saved. Amen. I hope you got something out of that. It'll get you there if you practice it. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for loving us. Thank you for your many blessings. I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that we can produce the fruit of righteousness. 
I thank you, Lord, for everybody here. I thank you for everybody watching online. My goodness, what a privilege it is to speak to those that are watching online. God, touch them. Lord, wherever they're at right now, help them, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill the room that they're in. Fill this room that we're in, oh God. Help us, Lord, to understand that there's power in wisdom and peace in wisdom. We thank you for it. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. Today, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, the greatest step toward wisdom is inviting Christ to come into your heart. The scripture says that we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. All of us, me and everybody on staff, you, we've all sinned. But he said if we would confess our sin, that he would forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus said you must be born again if you want to see the kingdom of heaven. We were born of the flesh, but he said you must be born again of the spirit of God. And the way that that happens is by accepting Jesus as your personal savior. So this morning, if you've never done that, or maybe if you haven't, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody, Preacher, that's me. Slip your hand up high. Anybody. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's the greatest privilege known to man. Anybody. Anybody, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, please? I don't know why we say that. I always get, I always get tickled when, never mind. Stand to your feet. Well, how else are you going to stand? How I many need more wisdom in your life right now? You just kind of see that. I just invite you to go back to James chapter 3 and read it. And also, uh, we, we might touch on this again. There's another another chapter in Proverbs. Proverbs, I think it's chapter 8 that you might want to look at. But we, we might revisit this a little bit more because I think it's so, so critical in the time that we live. And, and please remember, too, that early voting starts Monday. And uh, just uh, uh, let's... let's uh, Let's get, get God back in America. Uh, uh, make, make God great in America. MAGA, make America godly again. I think that's the right deal. Yeah. <laughs> I want to pray for you, everybody watching online. Let, let's all raise our hands. I want to pray that God will give us more wisdom. Lord, we just ask for wisdom right now. We pray, Lord, that you would give it to us graciously and abundantly, O oh God, that your word that we've spoken today would, would, would generate in our hearts and our minds that, and uh, it would marinate, Lord, as we, we uh, adopt wisdom as a lifelong uh, 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 priority, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for it. I thank you for loving us. I thank you, Lord, that you are uh, so alive and so well in America. May we bring uh, you back into America again, and may, may we once again, as Americans, trust in you. Let us, the, your church, be the voice, the voice for America, and may your word be truth, I pray. We just lift up 
our elections, and we pray, Lord, that, that your will would be done. And we thank you for it. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. We love you all. God bless you. We've got a prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, we'd love to have you. God bless you. Yes.